So you're like in a van with strangers for two days and you get to know each other really well by the end of those two days. And that was awesome. Diz Runs Radio episode 994 starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, I guess I'm the sponsor today because talking about uh, coaching and uh, just just reminding you that that's something I do. In fact, that is uh, kind of the the money maker for for me. You know, just being honest, um, that's that's where the vast majority of my income comes from. And uh, I got to say, I have I have a great mix of folks that I'm working with right now, uh, but we do have a, a few options. A couple of folks have left recently uh, for for various reasons. And um, that means we got a few spots open. So uh, the concierge level is wide open. Nobody's nobody's in there yet, which is which is fine. One to one, I think we've got three spots open, and uh, the coterie, I think we've got two. So um, you know, that's not not saying that uh, there's going to be a mad rush. I doubt that there will be. But if you're interested in getting started and maybe kind of starting to find our groove now. So that, you know, when, when 2022 gets here and, and, you know, races start to, uh, get a little bit closer on the horizon, uh, we're not figuring things out. We've, we've got a groove, we've got a good system. We we're, we're speaking the same language to each other and, uh, we can really get cracking on, uh, helping you get ready for, you know, whatever races might be coming in the new year and, and, uh, you know, working towards your goals and, and helping set your, set yourself up for, uh, hopefully a really good running year. Uh, in 2022 and beyond. So if you're interested, disruns.com slash coaching is the link to the coaching page on my website. Just all the, the general information. Um, and from there, you can easily get to the different levels, find out all the, the exact details, although a lot of the, the basics are on that, that one page as well. So disruns.com slash coaching. If you're so inclined, obviously, if you have any questions, give me a shout. As always, I'm not going to try to sell you. I'll just try to answer your questions and allow you to be an adult and uh, decide for yourself if you think working with me uh, might be the right thing for you, uh, both hopefully near-term and long-term. So check it out, disruns.com slash coaching. And now without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, uh, today's guest is someone that I've been working with for uh, for a while now. I think, I think we figured out about a year and a half as, as we're recording this. So something something along those lines. It's been a minute, but it hasn't been forever. And uh, while we were debriefing recently after a, a race that he ran, he asked if I was still taking volunteers for guests on the podcast. And, and that answer is and, and was, and as long as I can, as far as I can tell, always will be, the answer is yes. So I guess this is another little plug in case any of you are listening and want to raise your hand and, and get a chance to jump on the hot seat, let me know. But anyway, uh, once I said yes, he was like, dude, let's do it. And I said, all right, let's do it. So we coordinated schedules and here we are. Um, not entirely sure exactly where uh, we're going to end up when it's all said and done, but as is often the case, we'll figure it out as we go. So without any further ado, it's a pleasure to welcome uh, my friend and yours. I don't know if he's like your friend or not yet, but maybe by the end of this, he will be. Uh, Mr. Scott Rogers. Scott, thanks for uh, raising your hand and uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, Denny. It's a pleasure to be here and yeah, I'm excited that we got a chance to do this. Yeah, looking forward to it. And guys, if you like I said, if you enjoyed today's conversation, want to uh, 
become friends with Scott on the uh, on the social medias. Instagram's a great place, probably the best place. Uh, and his handle there, it's it's straightforward, but it's tricky. You'll see why. Twenty six four twenty six. So it's it's spelled out at first, and then it's numbers at the end. So it's it's the number twenty spelled out. T W E N T Y S I X four F O R. So not even a number there, but kind of a number. And then the number is two six at the end. So twenty six four twenty six. Uh, good luck with that. But you know where to, where to find it. Make it easy. Dizruns.com slash nine nine four. Dizruns.com slash nine nine four is the link for the show notes for today. We'll have Scott's uh, Instagram handle linked up there. Um, and obviously anything else we talk about today, races or whatever, whatever nonsense that we talk about that Ellen's like, oh, we can link that up because she does a good job with that stuff. It'll all be linked at the end of that post. Dizruns.com slash nine nine four. So uh, Scott, you've heard one or two of these before. You know, you know what's coming, where we get the how we get the party started. So we'll just uh, you know, tee it high, let it fly. What is your favorite distance to race and why? That's a pretty tough question for me to answer because I think most of the time I'm really just focused on what I'm training for and I get really passionate about the specific race. So if, if I was trying to PR in the 5K at this time, I would probably tell you it's the 5K. But I think if I had to pick a distance that I'd like to race most often, it would probably be the 50K mm. because it's – long and scary and you know outside of my comfort zone um and they mostly happen on trails so like i would much rather be out in nature on a trail than on pavement i know some people would flip that but so yeah I, i would say the 50k only because it's an adventure and you don't really know where you're gonna end up at the end of it Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Lots, lots of people love them, love themselves some roads. Lots of people love themselves the trails. Few people are like, Hey, we'll go, we'll go either direction. You know, whatever, whatever works for you works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, as I've said a few times to a few folks over the years, like one of the beauties of our sport is you can do whatever you want to do, you know, like, right. like you can, you can be diverse, you can specialize. Uh, it, it doesn't really matter. So, um, you know, not always is this the path that we take on the show, but I, I think it's it's fun. And, and I, honestly, I don't think that I even know the answer to this, which is which is exciting since I do know a bit about you since we've been working together for a while. But how did you get into running? You know, where where did you get started? Is it something that's been you know long time in your life? Something recently ish? Uh, how did you get started in the sport? Yeah, it, running has kind of like come in and out of my life a little bit. So when I was really little in grade school, I was part of our uh, schools cross country team and we're talking like fourth grade. So I don't even know how far we were running. Um, but I'm sure was our coach and, and her motto was Hills are our friends. <laughs> and so that has stuck with me for a long time, but you know, in high school and I guess, you know, I, I reef, I didn't really, you know, I was doing musical theater in high school and not really being athletic and doing any type of sport. So when I got back into running was probably my senior year of college. Um, took a course that was like on sports psychology. It was just an elective. And at the end of the course, you had to either volunteer or participate in a 5K. And mm-hmm. so that's when I ran my first 5K. Didn't really know what I was doing at all. I had like these crappy Nike free rider, like, <laughs> you know, the ones with like the, they bend in half and are like no support at all. And I had um, cotton socks on. And so by the time I was done, I had blisters on my feet, like the size of quarters. 
And so that was like the first race I ever ran and how I kind of got back into the sport. But what really like gave me the bug was right after I graduated, um, I was on this intramural soccer team and our goalie was like, Hey, like I'm running this relay race called reach the beach. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know him very well, but he wanted another member for the team and I was not yet employed and not really doing anything. So I was like, what the hell I'll, I'll jump in. And, um, you know, just fell in love with that race and that format. Um, like became great friends with this guy. Um, my, my buddy Bryce, who's now my, for lack of a better term, training partner. Mm -hmm. Like we usually sign up for the same races and try to like motivate each other to, to follow our training plans. And so that from there kind of just trickled into signing up for more races. And I think when I first did reach the beach, I'd only run like at most four miles. And so that weekend, that was like my longest run. Mm. And that weekend I did like a four mile leg, a five mile leg and a three mile leg and was just like, okay, let's kind of see where else this can go. But I don't think I ever envisioned being where I am today. Like that was never part of the plan. Um, I kind of always assumed I would probably just stick to, you know, smaller distances mm -hmm. and, and yeah. So that, that's kind of the story of how it all got started. And then it kind of just exploded from there, I guess. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, for those that aren't aware, although you kind of spelled it out just a little bit, but just for the context, what, Reach the Beach is kind of a Ragnar-ish. I don't think it's, a, it's is it under the Ragnar umbrella, or is it just a similar type of, of event? It it is now. Okay. Uh, so it's one of the older relay races in the country, and it starts in Bretton Woods, New Hampshire, and then you run down to Hampton. Um, I think I've heard some of your guests mention it before, and like mm -hmm. I have almost the same story. Like I ran Reach the Beach, and now I love running. And yeah, but ragnar or reebok bought them back okay. i don't know the exact date but you know you'll see some of the people that run it every year i've run it every year since 2016 except for 2020 right but you'll see some people that have like the old school reach the beach shirts and it doesn't say ragnar on it and mm. it's you know then you know they've been here for quite a while <laughs> they've been they've been doing it for uh for for a little bit um while we're kind of on the subject of, of yeah. reach the beach and that, that, that relay type of, of, uh, of an event, what, what is it about that event that, that does keep you coming back? What do you enjoy about it so much? Well, just the, when I did it the first time, I didn't know anybody in the van. I barely knew Bryce who was like, Hey, like, let's go do this thing. And so you're like in a van with strangers for two days and you get to know each other really well by the end of those two days. And that was awesome. You know, right. I, you know, we now have like a small core group of us that do it every year. Um, and we got people that come from New York, from Missouri, uh, I think maybe Michigan and Maine and Massachusetts. And so like, I just got to meet so many different runners from different areas. And now they're like, really good friends and mm. you know every year we get back together and it's like no time has passed and we spend two days in the van and then we don't talk for like the rest of the year and it's this crazy thing where you can go you know a whole year without seeing somebody but then you you get in the van and it's like oh right 
you right. we're awesome. you're awesome like this is great so yeah i think that's why i keep coming back i mean the the legs used to be really challenging and now like you know you can get really hard ones especially in new hampshire with the hills but mm-hmm. you know it's not so much the challenge of the ragnar for me anymore it's more the community and the the uh the the weekend it's like christmas for me i get really excited for it yeah yeah um it's it's something that uh i've yet to experience although by about the time that this i guess i guess about a month after this goes out i'll i'll be experiencing it for the first time doing the the trail ragnar down here really? with a bunch of folks um that listen to the show so it'll be a nice little nice little uh i don't know reunion won't be the right quite right quite the right word because we haven't all right. gotten together before but it'll be an, it'll be a fun fun chance to to hang out and and uh the the trail side of it like like i'm not that i've done either type of of you know relay event uh, as far as trails versus road but i think i'm more more inclined to to feel like i like the idea of the trail better of just kind of having our home base and not not having to be you know for lack of a better way of saying it stuck in a van with a bunch of i'd probably be the stinkiest of the people but a bunch of other stinky people and things like that like like uh i don't know what's what's van life like during reach the beach for you guys it's uh, this, it, it depends on where you are. Like if you're the one driving, it's exhausting. <laughs> right? right. Um, I think in 2019 I was the van two driver and runner. And so like when you're not running, you're driving and then you sleep when you can. And mm-hmm. like, like you mentioned the smell, it, like it creeps up on you. Like, <laughs> like you don't, you don't notice it while you're in the van and then you get out at the end and you go to your hotel and you're like showering and then you like return the van the next day and you get in, you're like, holy crap. Like, <laughs> wow. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's cramped and it's, it's not the cleanest, but it's fun. And, um, you know, the challenging, the most challenging part of it for me is finding a good, place to sleep mm. like people bring I, I i really need to get better at that because last year or this past reached the beach i think i slept like a half an hour total mm. over the two days because it's just nowhere comfortable to really lay down so you know it's that's it, the main struggle right and, and i would imagine the older you get the less comfortable it is to kind of randomly sleep in a, in a van or you know like kind of leaned up against the window or whatever like you might be able yeah, to get yeah. away with that when you're fresh out of college but you know fast forward a couple of years or, or things like yeah, that yeah. and all of a sudden it's like no this doesn't work anymore yeah it's like where you used to be able to sleep right on the the seat belt clip mm-hmm. and that was fine and now it's just like oh my god it's gonna mess me up for like <laughs> a week <laughs> So, uh, kind of going back into the timeline a bit, like this is the, the first kind of intro to maybe not the most, but like, like an, an exciting kind of intro to, to running. Um, what, what did running look like after that first reach the beach? I mean, did you start kind of dive into it right away or was it just kind of back at back of the you know back burner or kind of how did it progress to, to where we are today? I think after reach the beach, the first one. Uh, that's when I started to like take things a little more seriously, but I still like running sort of ebbed and flowed, uh, for those first two years after that reached the beach, like during the winters, I would probably run less. And I, I used to really be into, you know, the gym and lifting weights and, you know, running was more of a supplement to that than like, and that physical activity than my main activity. And then, so I think I signed up for a couple of uh, 5Ks um, and 10Ks and didn't really – hadn't really thought about longer than that. Mm-hmm. 
it was never the plan to like really get into that. And then once I like had done a couple of 10 Ks, somebody's mom, I think I was running a race and was at their house the night before. And they're like, Oh, like, I bet you'll do a marathon. I bet you'll run a half marathon. Like you seem to really like this. I bet it's going to like happen. And, um, then I ran my first, uh, half marathon. I think it was the seacoast half in Portsmouth, New Hampshire in 2017. And then the year after that ran my second half. And then I told myself, okay, if this half goes well, I will sign up for a marathon. Mm. And then that, half marathon went horribly it was like 12 <laughs> minutes slower than my first one and still ended up signing up and you know it was actually one of my friends who was in our reach the beach fan who said oh you should run la um because it's a really big city marathon but you don't have to qualify mm -hmm. and you know it's it's in march and my birthday's in march so it happened to be the week after my 26th birthday well, there, so, you, there you go. 26.2 for 26 years. Like, make it yeah. happen. It's like it was written in the stars. Yeah, exactly. So I had a very boring 26th birthday um, because I was like, I'm yeah, just week preparing out. for yeah. this race. <laughs> like, not not going to go out with my friends. Not going to, you know, have a wild night because I got a race in a week. And if I get to L.A. and I'm not doing my best, it's going to suck. And so... Yeah. And that's kind of where my Instagram handle came from too. Like mm. I started documenting my training runs on Instagram and, you know, 26 for 26, I was going to run 26 miles right after my birthday. And then in the process of training for that marathon, you know, I, I started listening to more running podcasts and like found your podcast, found mm. a bunch of different ones. And like, was hearing about this, this ultra running thing, mm. like through the podcasts and was like, Oh, like, so I knew nothing about marathoning and Oh, there's this other thing beyond that. <laughs> and so by the time I got to LA, I think I already knew like I ultra running sounds cool. It sounds like where I want to be. And so like I ran the first, I ran LA and was like totally done at the end of it. So much pain, but knew that I wanted to keep going. And so that's mm. kind of up to 2019 what what uh, had uh, transpired. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I, I feel like, and, and correct my memory if I'm wrong, but at some point in the lead up to LA, we talked, I don't know if we, if it was if we exchanged emails or if there was a phone call or I, I don't remember what it was, but I feel like we talked about something as far as like race strategy or something like that going going into the race. And... and um, if memory serves, I think we, like maybe again, it might've been emails or whatever, but like exchange something after the fact, um, that LA wasn't the, wasn't everything that you ex had hoped it would be maybe, or didn't quite play out quite like, like you wanted it to be. Um, and maybe that's, that's like you said, like you were you know, hurt, hurting pretty good afterwards, but, <laughs> yeah. um, how did, like, I guess I got a couple of questions and I, I'm trying to do better about not asking three questions at once and then letting sure. it go. But, um, how did, I guess, correct my memory if I'm wrong on that, but like how, how did LA, like, like how was the race experience of training for a race in New Hampshire in the winter and flying to LA where it's not winter, but it's not like a thousand degrees probably in, in March, but like, you know, that whole, the whole race day experience from the, the training to, to the race, like how did it all shake out? Um, so the training I had, you know, I was training with my friend Bryce and we were, um, 
kind of doing our long runs together, you know, we got up to, I think 22 miles was our longest long run. And that made me feel pretty confident that I could go the extra four. And, you know, I think leading up to the race, I had been running with uh, my running club and running with some really fast runners. And I think people that if I had been paying attention to my recovery, mm. I would have been able to keep up with without getting injured. But, you know, I had some hamstring issues and stuff like that. So going into L.A., I was like, I don't really feel 100 percent. I think I've done the training I was supposed to do. I had a training plan and I was like, OK, I, I kind of know like mm-hmm. how to fuel a little bit. I kind of know the hydration game a little bit, but I was just like, yeah, this, my legs don't feel right. And so we got into LA and my friend Bryce, like, I keep, th- I, I don't want to throw him under the bus, but he, <laughs> it's all right. He's, he's not, he's not even paying attention right now. So just yeah, throw him, I mean, throw him right under. This later and be well, like, that's fine. That's after the fact. That's, that's, that's not right yeah. now. But, uh, so he, he doesn't know how to pace. Like mm. we work really well together because he, he keeps pushing and like I keep being I'm more of the realist mm-hmm. so we were at the expo and we were talking to some of the pacers and they're like oh you could do a sub four no problem you know you just stick with the 430 and then you push halfway through and he was eating it up mm-hmm. he was like yeah we could do sub four no problem and I'm like you have no idea like <laughs> we're not yeah no way says the so, guy who also hasn't run a marathon before about how how you have no yeah, idea yeah both of us were newbies <laughs> and he's just like yeah sub four would sub four sounds good and I'm like no no and so we got out there and I think, uh, you know, hit a pretty good wall right around mile 15. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd been eating gels and taking on fluids, but like, you know, I, I think it was part of the heat of the day. I think I got up to like 70. I don't really do well with heat, mm-hmm. um, which I'm sure we'll talk about <laughs> a little later, but, um, yeah, so the, uh, yeah, so we, we both had different race experiences. He was eating all of the orange slices and ice cream and stuff along the way. And I was just like, just need to get through this. Mm -hmm. Just need to get to the end. And, um, we lost each other around mile 17, I think. And then at the end of the race, we like, I don't know. I just, I can't, the race was like, I think four hours and 37 minutes, Mm -hmm. I think. And for me, and it was just like, might as well have been an hour. Like, I don't really remember mm. all of the, the bits in between. I remember hitting the wall and then I remember like mile 22, like I told myself, ah, oh, I can't walk, can't walk. You can walk while you have this goo, but then you have to run again. <laughs> like mm-hmm. just playing little mental tricks to get through the, the end of the race. And so it, yeah, I think it, it was definitely a learning experience, which right. I find in every race I do, it's a learning experience. Oh, I mean, that's, that's absolutely true. And it doesn't matter whether you've, you know, whether it's a new race distance, at least as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't matter whether it's a new race distance, a race you've done a dozen times before, and you feel pretty comfortable the whole way through. Like there's always, if you're paying attention, there's always things you can learn that, that can help you going forward. But I guess I, 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 I maybe I apologize for uncovering, you know, the, the old wounds and, and making you oh, relive no, that a fine. little bit. But, but I guess, you know, where, where I, you know, where, like I said, I had multiple questions there at once, like for that to have gone, not quite like you planned, been a bit more of a, of a slog, but to have already kind of decided before the race started that like, Hey, you know what? Like, we'll see how the marathon goes, but like this ultra marathon thing, like going beyond 26.2, I think, I think I might want to try that too. Um, did the LA experience change that solidify it make you question it like i feel like for me i'd been like 
pump the brakes. Like, maybe maybe we'll go back to the half marathon. Maybe we'll stick at the marathon distance for a while. But like beyond that, I don't know. But but how did that shake out? Kind of that internal conversation for you? Um, I don't think I ever like like I don't think the words ever left my mouth. Like, oh, I'm never doing that again. Mm-hmm. But I think at the end of LA, I was like consciously telling myself, okay, don't say that out loud because <laughs> it, it it might be true. And so at the end of LA, I was like, okay, pretty pretty proud i just did that like you know not a lot of people make it that far and you know let's see what happens but then i i don't know if it's amnesia or what but like you forget like the pain you know and then it's like okay like this other thing seems super cool like let's try that and also hanging out with runners i think we can kind of be bad influences on (laughs) on each other and so i knew i was hanging out with some ultra runners that were part of my club and just asking like, Hey, how many marathons did you run before your first ultra? And, you know, they're like, Oh, you know, I did 15 or, or I did, you know, I did five, you know, like Mm -hmm. they're all like, yeah, you should, you should stick with the marathon and like learn it and like figure that out. And then, yeah, then go to ultras. And I was like, "Eh." (laughs) I don't know. And then at the same time I was getting more into trail running. Mm -hmm. And so like, the at the thought of being out in nature longer and just like getting to experience um these cool races which I, at that point i was like you know following uh courtney dewalter and you know wamsley and like all these ultra runners on instagram and stuff and i'm like that looks badass like let's let's just go do that like the road running it's fun it's fine uh, but let's go figure out where where the next thing is well and and as as has been talked about several times, and I'm sure you, like, you know that, that you, um, I don't know that we've ever talked about it, but I don't know that we've needed to from the time that we've gotten gotten together. But just the difference between trail running and road running, like like yes, they're running, and I know I've I've said this, uh, I think I've said this before, but it's like they're two completely other than the fact that they're both running. It's they're just so different that yep. you know if if um, that that trying to say well you've done x number of road marathons so now now you now you can or now now you should feel comfortable doing a 50k on the trail even a marathon on the trail like eh, not not maybe not uh that that apples to apples comparison that that it's easy to think it is until you've experienced it yeah i think it's it's pretty like the, i think like if you want to like comp- like they're both you know it's it's kind of like apples and oranges like mm-hmm. they're both fruits you know, both grow on a tree, but they're like totally different flavors right. of experience. And I, I like trail running. I think it's at least from what I've experienced, it's more inclusive, like runners of different experience levels tend to like make, like you tend to cross experience mm-hmm. levels, I think, where somebody who, you know, may have done hundred, a hundred miler and, you know, like also knows what it's like to run a 50 K and for that to really suck. And so you get to bond over things like that, where I think in road running, it's a little different. Like the, the people who are fast tend to hang out with the people who are fast and the, the people in the mid or back of the pack tend to hang out with those people. And yeah, you'll talk and you'll chat and you'll trade stories. But like, I think the trail can kind of equalize Mm -hmm. what we experience. Like, when you get from point A to point B on a trail run, you've 
covered this terrain and everyone's experienced that terrain. It doesn't matter if you did it in two hours or five hours, right. you know, you all had to do the, do the same climb. You all had to like get over that same boulder or something. And it's, it's more of like, okay, we can all, we all know what we experienced on the trail, whether it was two hours or five hours, you know, mm-hmm. road running, it's, I think a little different cause there's not as many variations in the terrain. Right. And so like your speed is really the defining factor of how the run went, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, and you could, you could sort of make the argument that it, it's still the same, like the, it, you can have the same conversations of like, well, it took me five hours for this marathon or it took me three hours for this marathon. And, and the, the difference is there, but I, I think that, that you're right. And, and especially, or like, I, I, I certainly agree with you, but I think that even more so, um, or, or one of the things that, that really differentiates roads and trails for me is how if you run the same road race year after year after year, like nothing really changes. Like the weather might be different and you yeah. know, the, the, the winning time or the finishing times are going to be, you know, they're, they're going to vary a little bit. Um, but you spend much time on the trail and you know that shoot from one year to the next, the same trail, the same route, the same course, you know, it, cause it rained, it's a, it's a mud pit this year. So it's, it's a slog or, or, or whatever. Um, or even just, you know, from one week to the next on the same trail, it can be a completely different experience. And, and, um, I think that maybe there's something I, I, and I don't know what it is and I I don't know that I'll ever be able to put my finger on it, but I think you're right. As far as the, the trail, the trail community just feels a little bit more communal, not that, not that the road running community doesn't, but it's, there's just a little extra somewhere on the, on the trail for whatever reason it is. And I don't know exactly why. But it's it's just a different vibe from the get go to after the race, everybody hanging out, no matter how yeah. fast or slow or how long it took you, whatever. Like it's yeah. just it's just different. And like you said, apples and oranges. For some people, you like both. Some people, you have a, a strong preference of one or the other, and some you really don't like one, but you just absolutely love the other, and and yeah, yeah. it's all good. I think the other thing I like about trail running is that you know, it, you you eventually get to. Uh, how long did it take you? Like that right. question eventually comes up, but mostly like it's uh, like, did you, you know, that, that hill, man, that, that one killed me or yes, like it was a mud pit and I can't believe I lost my shoe mm-hmm. or like, you know, you, you, you have all these stories. And then the last question is, Oh, and like, how long did it take you? Like, and then you get to answer it, but that it's almost like an afterthought, right. you know, but I think with every road race that I've run, when I talk to people, like the first question is, oh, what was your time? Mm-hmm. And that's great. I mean, but I don't think running for time really – it it is something that excites me and it's something that I want to do more of and trying to PR is great. But it's not the thing that really motivates me to get out the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's also why I was like after LA, I was like, okay, well, where's the next – where's the next distance? Because, you know, I, I did the marathon, I covered that distance. Okay. Now, like, where do we go from here? And going farther excites me more than going faster. Yeah. I think that, that might've just been what hits the nail on the head most for me. Like you said, the point of emphasis of speed, like, yeah, you're going to talk about it for trail running, but that's probably not what we're going to lead with versus in in the road running communities. I mean, I, I, what was your pace? What was your finish time? That's, that's usually how the conversation starts. And then you, you start to commiserate about the weather or the, the tricky turn or the bottleneck here or whatever it was on the course. And so that's that, that I think does put a good kind of what is, what is some of the difference that I hadn't ever gotten my head wrapped around before, but that's well put Scott. Um, so after LA, how long did it take you to, to find a, 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 an ultra trail race to, to kind of spread your wings a little bit and experience that, that flavor of the sport? Um, so I was supposed to do, 
uh, you know, I think I was like, okay, marathon box checked. All right, let's go do a 50 K and signed up for the ghost train, uh, trail race, which is a local trail race in, in, um, Southern New Hampshire, uh, where I live. And because of everything that happened in, you know, 2020, it, it didn't happen. And so, you know, I, you know, we all, I think everybody struggled through 2020 and, you know, as runners, you know, having our hobby still be available to us was great. Mm-hmm. And it really helped pull me through, you know, the races weren't happening, but you could still get out the door and run. And I know in different areas and different areas right. of the world, that wasn't necessarily the case, but luckily in my community, it was pretty safe to get out and, and do running. And, and so that became like my happy place you know, and so I'd go and hit the trails for, you know, two to four hours every Saturday. And then by the time I got home, I didn't want to do anything else. So the race that I had signed up for got canceled or postponed. And so I was like, okay, well I'm like training. And then we started working together Mm -hmm. and I was like, well, let's just do it anyway. You know, like the trail's still there. Like, let's just go get on the trail and, and try to get, try to get a 50 K in. And so on Halloween last year, um, did, uh, 31.1 miles on the 31st. And it it was a lot of fun. Should have changed your Instagram handle to 31 for 31. I should (laughs) have, and I should change it because that's, you know, a couple of years old now. So, Uh, but I don't know. I I thought about it right after LA. Of course you did. Of course you did. So, so, so obviously, you know, again, that, that impacts a lot of things as far as, as continue to train during, during the pandemic. And, and I'd love to dive into that a little bit more if, if you don't mind, because like you said, you know, it was, it was one of those things that was for mo for a lot of folks, I don't want to necessarily want to say most folks, but for hopefully for, for a good number of folks that was, that was still available. That never really came off the table, but I know both from folks that, that I was working with and I'm still working with. Um, and just also just from social media and the Facebook group and interactions and things like that, that some people really struggled on the motivation front, mm-hmm. especially when it looked even more as, as summer of 2020 drug drug on. And it was like, man, there's, you know, races that we thought were probably going to happen. I mean, I was, I was on board. I was like, yeah, you know, whatever by, by the fall, like we'll have this thing taken care of or under control right. enough that races will be happening. And obviously that didn't, isn't quite how it shook out. Um, but again, like I know a lot of folks struggle with motivation when there weren't races on, on the horizon. And I feel like from the time we started a couple months into the, the pandemic where there was still maybe a little bit of question of whether or not that race that you had signed up for was going to happen or not, but it was kind of not maybe yeah. looking super optimistic. Um, I mean, you were, you were locked in, you were dedicated. Like, like it seemed like there was no wavering in, in motivation or anything like that. Um, any, anything particular that you can, can point to as for why, why that was, I mean, maybe it was the only option, but, but why were you so seemingly did not struggle with motivation to run when a lot of other folks that had been running for a a long time really did struggle? I think maybe, um, first it like really helped with a lot of my anxious energy around what was happening in the world at the time. And I really struggled with anxiety and, you know, the world felt like it, everything was like on fire. And so to get out and run and spend some energy on a physical activity rather than just sitting in my apartment, like mentally freaking out about how things had changed, you know, 
running didn't change. And so getting out the door was really good for, for me in that aspect. And I also think that I sign up for races to have like a schedule and a plan and like, all right, like at this date, you're going to run X, you know, but they aren't really like, I don't, I think I enjoyed the training and the regiment of that more than I enjoy the actual race. So that was kind of like, all right, you've got your routine, you're going out the door. Also, it helped me get off my computer at, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, working from home and, you know, you're on the computer for nine hours and all right, like you could easily stay on for 10 or 11, but right. all right, no, now we're going to go run. It was a great way to break up the day and get outside. Um, so I think really it was the, you know, the routine was something I thrived on, you know, and everything I had already said before, but yeah, it just, it helped me cope with what was going on and, you know, what, whether there was a race at the end of it or not, I, I think that the result, you know, they, you know, I, I never stopped getting outside, which was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, there's, there's so much, so many benefits, you know, physical, mental, uh, emotional, like all of the benefits of just getting outside and moving. Like that's, you know, whether it's running or not, yeah, obviously talking to runners like it's it tends to be running that we talk about but i just feel like our bodies are just like they just work best when we're moving and yeah um yes you know we have have jobs and we have things that we have to do where we're in the car we're commuting we're in front of the computer working um but the more you can figure out ways to get a little bit of extra movement in or you know get it at the end of the day the beginning of the day but then still break up the day with a little bit of movement uh the better it is not just physically but like i said i mean just all, all areas. And if you can get outside and get a little fresh air at the same time, even if it's, you know, negative 30 degrees or whatever nonsense you all deal with <laughs> up there in new England. Um, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's just good for you. Right. Full stop. And it, it became like one of my only, um, social outlets too during the pandemic. So, you know, my, Bryce and I and my buddy, and we, we'd meet up on Saturday, we'd go run the trail and the, at where we parked, uh, so like I, I took it pretty seriously. Like mm-hmm. I really only saw my family through those months besides running with, with him. And so we would park at the trailhead, go for our run. And then there was a small stream that ran past, um, the parking lot that we, we would, our cars were at and we'd go, we'd stick our feet in the stream and in midsummer, that was really nice. And mm-hmm. we'd crack open a beer. And the first time we did that, I was like, this is the most normal I have felt in weeks. And so like, I looked forward to that every week and we throughout last summer and, and the fall up until we ran that, that 50 K on, on uh, Halloween, we would do that every Saturday, meet up at the trail, go for a run, you know, have our, have our beer and then go home. And mm-hmm. it was amazing. Like, I think it really helped get me through that time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, no doubt. I mean, you know, like you said, the social dynamic just, and, and, and when everything else was so you know, it, it seems like it was so long ago, but it wasn't that long ago, but it was just like, yeah. like everything was so chaotic and so uncertain and so unknown. And like, at least you could count on, you know, for a couple hours on, on a weekend that like, we're yeah. going to be out cruising. We're going to, you know, get in the stream and have a beer afterwards. Like it's something that you can kind of count on, uh, when everything yeah. was so, was so up in the air. So the, the, the kind of S and G style 50 K for the, the yeah. first big trail race, um, relatively smooth sailing was it was it rough i know you kind of talked earlier and we kind of hinted at a couple times of this lessons learned after races like what was what was the takeaway from that first first foray into ultra territory that wasn't 
quote unquote official because it, I mean, yeah. it was, but it w- wasn't a race. So what was, right. what was that, uh, you know, takeaway or experience like? Um, it was really interesting. Uh, it snowed the morning we got out there. It was like a quarter inch of snow on the ground when we, we started our run, which was kind of crazy and a little more than I think we bargained for. It was like, I don't know, maybe 27 degrees when we started and then it got up to 45 or something more manageable. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, that it's weird because that one experience kind of went off without a hitch. Like, we had our plan, like every five miles we were going to stop and fuel and, and hydrate. And, you know, for the 31 miles we were out there, it really went according to plan. And so the extra mileage after the marathon didn't feel like that big of a deal because we had followed the plan and the plan worked. And so, um, learned that I enjoy like, that had been my second or third time past the marathon distance. We did a marathon in training. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I realized, okay, like I do like this, like the LA marathon wasn't a fluke. Um, I do want to continue to, to keep moving forward and keep growing the distance. And that was my big takeaway from, from that self-guided, uh, 50 K was, yeah, like, all right, let's see what else we can do. And, you know, I never, I, you know, I was sore afterwards, but I recovered pretty quickly and it was really, you know, a really good experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, moving forward, push, continuing to push, push the envelope, uh, fast forward a, a, a year or not quite a year, I guess 50 weeks since that last, you know, the first one was on, uh, on Halloween day. And then, then, uh, you know, October, I guess it might've been just about exactly uh, 50 weeks later. Cause, uh, yep. October 16th of, of this year, um, 45 miles pushing pushing yep. the distance a little bit farther what was uh what was the intrigue of of going that much farther what what and then obviously we'll get into the race a little bit but but yeah. what what drew you i mean and again like with with ultras everything's kind of ish you know so yep. like 50k is 31 ish um but then you know I, I guess just as it is like there's there's you can find a race that's maybe a 40 miler or a 40 but like a lot of times the jump then is to, to 50 which is a lot bigger jump, not just from numbers wise than like the marathon to the ultra, you know, to, to 50 K. Um, but I feel like that's, you know, 50 K to, to 45 miles is still a big jump too. So what was, what was the allure, I guess, of, of jumping up that much versus quote unquote, just doing another 50 K maybe <laughs> as, as, the, as the, next, the next ultra on your, on the agenda. That word just is hilarious, <laughs> especially in, like any type of running context. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just, just a, whatever X distance. And it doesn't even matter, right? Like one mile is, is great if you can get it. And so, right. you know, um, what made me want to do 45? I think one of the main reasons was, well, yes, I wanted to push the envelope even more and see what else I could do. And that was the main driver. But also I think a little bit of it was, all right, like I, I dipped my toe into the ultra pool getting 31, but I, I wasn't sure if that was a real, the real experience, you know, and that I think everybody has that a little bit, a little bit of imposter syndrome where you're like, yeah, I did an ultra, but did I really like, it's only a little bit further. And so I was like, okay, I want to like, 
I want to experience this for real and not that not taking anything away from the 50 K, but I was like, okay, I want to, you know, I want to know what it's like to be out there for nine, you know, it almost 12 hours, you know, right. like, so that, that was the main driver. I was like, okay, like that was cool. 50 K done. Let's, let's keep going and, mm-hmm. and really experience what I have really enjoyed listening and talking to people about like I really enjoy hearing people's stories of ultra distances and I follow you know a bunch of different ultra runners Mm -hmm. and I think it's a really cool sport so I was like I want to be a part of it and be more a part of it right right so um tell the people how how did it how did it go I mean I know how it went we've we've had these discussions already but um 45 miles nothing to shake a stick at you know I mean again we're talking just like it, like, Oh, 26 miles. No, we like, no, 26 miles, nothing to shake a stick at either 5k, nothing to shake a stick at, but 45 miles. How did it, uh, how did it go? Uh, it was <laughs> not good. Uh. And I'm still happy that I did it, but I, re- I like it. Everything went off the rails after the first, first 15 miles. Mm. So the, the, the trail race was, you know, I was doing the trail race that had been canceled the year before, mm-hmm. the ghost train, and it's this seven and a half mile trail that you run it out and back on um, till you get to your desired distance. And they, you can sign up for the 30 mile race, you can sign up for 45, you know, 60 or 100 miles. And so some people, you know, they bounce back and forth on this trail for like all that crazy amount of time. And so I got on the trail and, you know, this was my first mass start race Mm -hmm. since January of 2020. And so got out there and was just super nervous and had, had a plan was like, we're gonna walk every five miles for Mm -hmm. at least five minutes that's when I'll fuel. That's, you know, I'll, I'll be drinking the whole way, um, and rehydrating with electrolytes the whole way. But every five miles, we're going to stop and walk and eat something. And that worked pretty well for the first 15 miles, the first loop. And then like I went out, I had gone out way too fast, Mm -hmm. did the first loop in like three hours and 15 minutes or something like that. And found out later that I was like, you know, had been probably 20 minutes behind the first female and like, she's like close to an elite runner. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who the individual was, but you know, much more experienced than I was, was going to be doing it for a hundred miles. And if you can go that fast for a hundred miles, you know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's going to be an unmitigated disaster, but that wasn't the case. So she knew what she was doing. uh, that's kind of what happened with me. I got, mm-hmm. went out way too fast. I had people who had run the race before when I came in from the first loop, tell me that was pretty quick. You might want to think about slowing down. And so I did. Um, but then the whole, like, I don't know, they just went off the rails. Yeah. Like was, was still eating enough, was still drinking a lot, but the, the temperature spiked. Like I got almost up to 80 in October in New Hampshire, which I was not prepared for. Mm-hmm. So I think it was the heat. I think it was the, the speed I was going at. But, you know, after the second loop, 
um, you know, we're 30 miles in and that's when things really like, it just became a slog. Right. Like I got to the end, I got to like 37 miles and was about, was turning around to come back. And I think I hiked most of the way back mm-hmm. because I was just done. Like blisters, stomach issues, right. you know, had been sweating all day. Like it was dark at this point and mm-hmm. you know, was still sweating and I'm like, Oh, this sucks. Right. <laughs> so yeah, it's it, like, there's so many, so many things. And obviously we've talked about some, we could probably talk about more, you know, like, and get into more depth or, or more variables or more this and more that. Um, but it's, you know, like it's, it's just such a, um, I don't want to say perfect storm, but when you get the combination of you go out a little bit too fast when the heat starts to become an issue and then when you have that much maybe uncharted territory, you know, like, like it's one thing to, to kind of, you know, when you're training for a marathon, like you said, for your first marathon, you get up to 22 miles or something like that. And like, yeah, there's still some uncharted territory, but it's, it's four miles, you know, like it's, it's, it's a distance, but it's a distance you've done. You know, like you've run four miles a thousand times or whatever the number is. Like, yeah, yeah. like I can run four miles. Like, like, yes, I'm going to be more tired than I've ever been for four miles. And, and I might be more sore and I might be, you know, struggling more than I've ever struggled for four miles before, but you can do it. Um, when, when you get to something like this, where it's like, you know, I don't know that there'd be too many coaches that would be like, yeah, all right. So you're going to do a 45 mile mile race. Let's go out and knock out a, a 40 mile training run. Like, I'm, you know, I mean, maybe at some level, like that might sort of make sense, but like in, you know, and how we worked and, and how I think most, you know, kind of con- quote unquote conventional wisdom for whatever that's worth. It's like, yeah, you got to do some miles on tired legs and, and do some back to backs and things like that. But the physical wear and tear of like, just go out for, for eight hours and then try to come like, then you, you almost cost yourself a whole week of recovery of training. So that doesn't yeah. make sense. But all that to say, you know, when you're, when your vantage point is I've done 31 miles before. 14 more miles like it's so much uncharted territory that as soon as things start to go off the rails it's it's hard to know what levers to pull to try to keep things yeah. on track and and salvage a situation and how to look at look at your pace at mile seven and be like oh shoot like maybe i should back this off versus you get to 15 and not that the damage has already been done to a point where you couldn't save it but like it's just it's just that much more that you pushed when hindsight maybe it was too much yeah and i think when you're when you're running 50ks the training isn't too much different right you know and so like you do from marathon training Mm -hmm. um and so you're like okay i kind of know what this is going to be like but when you get past that distance like it's such a different ball game like Mm -hmm. it's like you know and you do have time to turn things around and you have time to try to problem solve and tweak things. And that's great about those longer distances is that you don't have to end destroyed. And one of my mottos that I picked up from an, another running podcast is it doesn't always get worse. Like oh. your knee, like my knees are sore at mile 30, but at mile 40, they were fine. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like if you can tell yourself it's not always going to get worse, I think you can get through it. Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot on this podcast and other podcasts, like ultras are a mental game. And I think that's true up until like, if you have a plan and you're following that plan and you're prepared, I think that's true. Like you can grind out 
the distance. You can hike the distance. You can walk right. the distance. That's no problem. But when the plan goes off the rails, it gets physical pretty quick, yeah. I think. And so, you know, I ended up losing a toenail on my left foot. And, you know, like the whole thing was like another learning experience. Mm-hmm. Like I remember telling myself at mile 35 or whatever it was that, all right, you're going to say this now so that at the end of the race, you have no excuse, but we have to come back and do it again like, mm-hmm. and do it better. And, you know, the, the goals for that day were kind of um, nebulous. Like mm-hmm. 45 was like what I was telling everybody I wanted to do. But in the back of my head, I was like, if I could get to 50, like mm-hmm. if I could go back out for another right. half a loop and get to 50, that would be great. Um, that didn't end up happening because of my feet were pretty right. destroyed by the time I got back from my final loop. Um, but then I had also had people at our base camp telling me like, ah, oh, you got 60. You can do mm. 60. If you slow down, if you just, if you just hike a little bit more, you can, you can get 60 miles. And on my way back from the last loop, I was like, there's no way, <laughs> <laughs> there's no way at this point. But like, because people told me I probably can do it, just kind of like with my friend's mom who said, I bet you'll run a marathon. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I could do 60. And that right. I think that's the next step is where, what's the next distance. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it'll be next year, but I definitely want to do that again and do it better yeah. um, and go further. Right. Well, and, and, and it, you know, like, like we've said a few times and it, and it might just be my takeaway for today is a little spoiler alert here, but like the, the idea of lessons learned and, and, you know, sometimes as, as much as you can listen to, to people's stories and listen to podcasts and have a coach and read books and all of these things. Um, and that I, I, I mean, I wouldn't do what I do if I didn't think that there was some benefit to all of that, but there is a part in most instances and I think running and certainly when you get into the longer distances and again, long, long is all relative, but whatever, whenever yeah. distances that you're pushing yourself from, you know, whatever, from 5k, 10k to 50 miles, a hundred miles, like there are things that you just have to experience to really grasp. Yeah. You know, you can hear other yeah. people's stories. You can, you can hear the information, you can read about it, you can have it drummed into your head, but until you experience it, it's, it's, it's just, you know, it's just kind of out there. Yeah. But when you experience it, you, you've, you've lived it. So, you know, looking at, at that race, which is now just a, a couple of weeks in the rear view, maybe, maybe still some, some things percolate and some things, thoughts still going through the mind and, and whatnot. But, you know, what's, uh, and, and maybe this will make this the philosophical question and, and kind of sure. combine it into the conversation as well. But, um, you know, what, what are, what are, you know, one or two of the takeaways, one or two of the lessons learned from, um, from that experience that, that, you know, you can use. And again, to kind of tie it into the philosophical, both to go forward with your running, but also maybe a, a, a maybe a, if there were any life lessons that could kind of come out of it as well. Hmm, it's interesting. Um, I think that you know, uh, and this is not an original idea that I had, um, but you know, I think you you meet different. I, this is super cheesy and philosophical, <laughs> so let's just go there. It's but, perfect, yeah. But like, you meet different versions of yourself at those farther distances, or whatever goal you have, right? Like, if you're like, I want to do X time in the marathon, or I need to, or I want to PR my 5K by this amount of distance, right? Like, that's something you've never done before, mm-hmm. 
and you're moving the bar forward. And so you're going to see something different in yourself at that end of it. And so I think my takeaway is that, all right, I know what I feel like after 11 hours and 47 minutes on my feet. And that is a totally different me than four hours or, you know, five hours, six hours, whatever. And so that's what excites me to keep going forward is like, all right, I will find, you know, a different version of myself at 60 miles or at a hundred miles. And, you know, I think that's valuable to find out. And Mm -hmm. I think that's why I keep doing it is I want to figure that out. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know if I like have a nice round way to end it there, but I think it is really, you know, the race two weeks ago taught me a lot, taught me like, all right, you really like need to respect the distance. Mm -hmm. Like 45 miles is a long way. It's longer than you think it is. And just because you see people posting about their hundred mile races doesn't mean it's easy, (laughs) you know? So yeah, I think I want to keep understanding how things change for me at those farther distances. Mm, love it. I love it. And yeah, I think that's a great, a great reminder that when we get to somewhere we've never gone before, whether it's distance, whether it's pace, whether it's effort, whatever, like, you know, that's learning something about yourself right there. Cause you, you've literally never been there before and, yeah. and it's not going to be easy. So great stuff. Uh, Scott, thanks for, for sharing again. And thanks for, uh, for raising your hand guys. If you want more follow along with whatever Scott's got next, whenever he cracks that nut on the, the 60 miler or the hundred miler, or, you know, uh, get, get in there now at 26 for 26 on Instagram before he changes it to, I don't know, you know, 40 for, well, we still got a, we still got a few years before 40 for 40, <laughs> yeah. but, um, whatever it is that's on Instagram at 26 for 26 and, and follow along with Scott's Scott's next phase of, of running journey and, and whatever else comes along. But, uh, Scott, thanks for, uh, for the time today. Thanks for, uh, like I said, raising your hand. It's, it was fun chatting both with some of the things that I knew and some of the things that, uh, you know, for whatever reason we haven't kind of gotten to, or some of the details or things like that, both from this race and from, you know, previous, previous life before we got together. Uh, but it has been a pleasure and, uh, certainly appreciate your time and, uh, we'll obviously be in touch, but, uh, thanks for, thanks so much for today, Scott. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Denny. It was a pleasure. All right. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Scott and myself. And as per usual, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your uh, takeaway du jour? Du jour. Um, for me, it was it was when Scott was talking about uh, you know the the forty five miler and, and how it was such a great learning experience for him. And and um, I, I just feel like that's something that for a lot of us, certainly for, for myself can, can sometimes get lost in the shuffle, you know, whether it's, it's a race that I'm doing, um, or, you know, working with somebody like Scott or any of the other, you know, folks that I coach where race day comes and it's so easy to, to focus on the end result, right? Like, did we hit the mark? Did, did, did I get the PR? Did they get the PR? Did they, did they hit their pacing goals? Did I hit my pacing goals? Like, like how was the execution of the race plan and how did that shake out as far as the, the result is concerned? And, and obviously, you know, when we have goals, when I have goals about race day, there, there is, uh, uh, you know, like I want to be successful, right? I want to hit the mark. And I'm sure that, that when you have your, your race goals, um, the same is for you, you know, certainly the same as for Scott, the same as for everybody that I've ever worked with who has specific goals on race day. Yet 
what can get lost in the shuffle, what I definitely can lose sight of when I'm the one running, when it's my race day goals, is the fact that, that every race is a learning experience. Every race, there's, there's going to be something that you can take away from if you're willing to look for it, if I'm willing to look for it, if I'm, if I'm willing to go back and debrief a little bit with myself and you know analyze how did training go leading up to it, how did execution go on race day? How did the recovery process go and how, you know, how well was I, how diligent was I at taking enough time to allow my body to recover? Um, but every, every race is a learning experience. Every training cycle is a learning experience. Um, you could, you could make the argument that every run is a learning experience. Although I think that at a certain point, you know, maybe that becomes a little bit too granular, you know, like, like how much do I really learn? from, from every day when I go out and run my six miles, like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's probably something at least on a lot of those days, but you know, it's, it's a lot of, of same old, same old. Right. But certainly when there's, when I'm pushing myself, when it's a hard workout, when I'm going to, a, a you know, extend my long run distance out beyond the, the distance that I usually run, uh, certainly on race day, there's always lessons that can be learned. And so my takeaway from today and, and with talking, you know, talking with Scott is that, I need to do a better job making sure that I'm learning things from my own running and, and even as a coach, you know, learning from learning about each person that I'm working with and, and their process and how things went for them so that I can better help them in the future. And also just in general, what, what can I learn from Scott's race from other folks' race, you know, that, that, that have already happened or that are coming up, um, that can make me better as a coach in general. Uh, because just like I'm not ready to say that I've reached my peak as a runner, uh, I'm also not ready to say I've reached my peak as a coach. And in order to get better on both fronts and every other aspect of my life, it's all about continuing to learn, continuing to refine, continuing to, to try to get better as often as possible. So that's my, my takeaway today. You know, next time I, I run a race, um, you know, my, my 45 miler coming up, my, my half and, uh, in January that I'm aiming to, to PR on, um, I'm going to learn things both of those days that will help me going forward. And, uh, I don't know, I would imagine I would go so far as to make the bold claim that the same can apply to you as well. Every race, every training cycle, there's lessons to learn if you're willing to learn them. So good reminder for me, maybe not something that you needed a reminder on. Um, but uh, definitely something that I did. So that was my takeaway from today. What about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? Let me know at Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram. You can also send an email to Dizruns at gmail.com. And of course, you can also head over to the show notes for today. Dizruns.com slash 994. Dizruns.com slash 994. All, all the thoughts, all the feedbacks, all the takeaways. Feel free to leave them down there in that comment section. Um, and don't forget to connect with Scott. And again, the, the information's right there. Links photos, the whole nine as per usual. So that is just about that. One last call for coaching. If you'd like to join Scott and the other, I don't know, what do we got? 30-ish folks um, in into the old coaching ranks. You want to become a Diz runner? We'd love to have you. Door, the doors are open. Not super wide, but we got room for a few folks. So if you want to jump in now, um, we'd like to have you. We'd love to have you. We'd love the opportunity to get to know you a little bit more and work with you. Uh, Dizruns.com slash coaching is a great place to start. Kind of some general info. Uh, and then you can branch off to the Coterie, one-to-one, or concierge. Find out which level is right for you. Any questions, let me know. And uh, let's get cracking. Let's get cracking, shall we? We can start learning together, going through the, all the learning experiences together, uh, continue to, to get more and more aligned, and help you to hopefully 
ultimately become more and more successful. So that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this one. If you did hit that share button, share it with a friend, tell the world. And uh, until next time, y'all, please be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, right? See you guys.